God, creator of heaven and earth, giver of every good gift. Oh, God, send forth thy life here today in the power of the Holy Ghost. Speak to hearts and lives, Lord. Reveal yourself through the word, Lord. For we need that revealing, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you will just dissolve every doubt and heal every sickness. Whether it be soul sickness or sickness in the body, you're the healer of all diseases. We're just asking, Lord, that you'll undertake for your people. There are desperate needs today. Our little sister Erica. Oh God, our brother Donnie has been through it with his daughters. Both Erica and Alicia, they need a touch from you today. We ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will come by their way. Visit that ER room, Lord, where they're waiting for a hospital bed. Meet that need, Lord, and bring deliverance. You're God. You're bigger than every situation. Oh, God, for a man that's going to cancer, treatments, report tomorrow, Lord. May he know, Lord, the report is already there. The report is he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So we ask, Lord, for Brother Carter that you'd undertake for him. Lord, this brother John, sister Johnny, and brother Bill Mayo with their daughter, severe needs, Lord. For Kim, Father, I pray that you'd undertake, touch her, oh God, physically, spiritually, in every way, Lord. Bring deliverance for your people today around the world, wherever they are assembled, will you just meet with them and speak to them today? Let your word go forth in power as we. Look into the Bible. Lord, may we understand the hour that we're living in, the seriousness of it. It's not a time to play church anymore. It's a time to press in with all our hearts. Bring healing and deliverance, we pray, as we look to you now in Jesus' name. Those that are not here with us today, seek them out, Lord, and deal with them in a special way, Father. Whatever their need is supplied, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and be in the presence of the great King of glory. Amen. Singing about how great he is. We have found out how great he is. I want to thank you for your prayers as I bring back greetings from Brother Ron Spencer and the church there in, in uh, Elkton, um, Virginia. We were there at his dad's funeral and spoke there and then Sunday service and spoke there and uh, had prayer with Brother Ron and he's been suffering some issues, some real pain. But he went back Wednesday and uh, they did complete scans and all the scans were good and that everything is stable. And so it's a miracle. Amen. As we're seeing the miracle working power of God. And, you know, you can't be on chemo that long now, two years, and, and still be healthy and well. That's, a, that's impossible. But the Bible said if you drink any deadly thing, it wouldn't hurt you. Amen. So these signs do follow them that believe. And we are believers. Also greetings from Brother Sean Martin, Brother Andrew Glover. We were in Brother Andrew's home and stayed with him, preached for Brother Sean. 
And so we bring back greetings from all of them. Amen. And we're going to read the scripture. Um, and I, I'll tell you, I'll read this verse in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 8. And we will read this um, together. And he said, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. God bless you, can be seated. You know, we got a lot of things that are going on in the world that we're living in. And I just want to make a few brief statements about that because I believe we are living in perilous times. And it is a time that we should all be making our calling and election sure and uh, knowing where we stand in this hour, taking our stand on the, on the word of God and uh, just, um, you know, making making. Sure, we have unpacked everything to go. Amen. Because Brother Branham told us in this journey that we're taking, we don't pack up to go. We unpack. We lay aside every sin and every weight that so easily besets us. And so, um, and I, I, you know, I I know as uh, believers, as we know, we're in perilous times and there are serious moments in time. I'm just like you without, you know, I, I just ponder you know, trying to understand what is happening, even as um, uh, Mr. Biden contemplates sending troops to the Ukraine, and, and um, there is war that is threatened with Russia. And we know we have seen uh, advancements in science with the driverless car, and it is here, now be tested on U.S. highways. And we can see plainly the rise of women and the moral decay of the country and the horrible liberal agenda that is uh, quickly taking away many of our freedoms, even as Americans. And then, um, you know, if Kamala is the fulfillment of Brother Brandon's vision of a woman rising in power, which I, I don't know for certain that is true, but if she is, she certainly um, is a woman who is risen in power and is a vice president. As Brother Brandon said, I believe that they would be one that would be a vice president or president. Um, and, and so, but if she is that one, well, um, the next thing will be, will be smoke bombs and craters all over the United States of America. And the vision did tell us to watch Russia to keep your eyes on the king of the north. And never in our U.S. history have we seen such a weak and pandering president. It's at such a time as this that uh, Russia could certainly make her move and be able to do this. Brother Branham always felt the bombs would come from Russia and said so. But the vision in the vision I can't find where in those seven visions that he was actually told where the bombs would come from. But it's a, self, uh, a safe assumption, I guess, um, since we're told to watch Russia and keep our eyes on the king of the north. I do know this, we are in overtime. And the last stage has come and his messenger is gone. And now we have been here as long as he was here. He died at 56 and now has been gone for 56 years. And surely we're at the end. 
But I want to just say he will have a bride who has made herself ready, who's putting on the righteousness of the saints. And so this is the hour that we're living in. I think I, that would be what we should be doing in this hour, making preparations to leave, uh, not exactly knowing how everything will come to pass, but every word of God will come to pass. And so we are standing here looking by faith, uh, and faith is a long-range vision, and we're trying to look in through the, the gloom and the darkness of this age to understand what is going on in this hour. But um, I'm glad that we know in whom we have believed. And we are assured of that, and I, I know that we're making preparations. You know, there is another dimension. I know there is beyond a shadow of a doubt. I stood there many years ago as a little boy in Brother Branham's meetings, and I saw him, I saw him pulled from another dimension of an angel of God that and I couldn't see. Sometimes men would be privileged to see them um, and see the angel of God or the pillar of fire, and it was seen many, many times and, and, and witnessed. But at, at the same time, uh, you know, for the most part, many would sit there and never saw it. That didn't mean they wasn't spiritual. That means that God didn't open their eyes to it. And so in this, um, I, I just want to say that I, I, I saw it speak from that other dimension, things of, of people's hearts, um, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. And beyond that, I, I know that I received a birth from that other dimension. So I know that dimension is real, even though you may not see it. There, there, because when man fell, we become subject just to the five senses of the flesh and lost the, the clarity of our spiritual sense that Adam had when, when God come and walked among them. And, and so, you know, we, we look through a glass darkly, as the Bible said. And, but however, we know there is a land. We know there is that, that dimension. We may, not, we may be able to see in the, in the clear blue yonder there and maybe see a star from millions of miles away, whatever they say that they are. I have to take, I have to take their word for it because I've never been there and never measured it. But nevertheless, how many, how far away it is, you know, we can see there and say, well, I don't see that dimension. But you see, I know that dimension is real. And I know that there are things that have happened in this age from that dimension. It happened to me from that dimension. And so we know that we're, we've got a place that we're going to. And we know that one day that those from that dimension will come here and we will be changed when we see them, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And they, again, the world won't even see that. It'll be a dimension unknown to the rest of them. So today, as we prepare, let's just um, get ready to meet the Lord. You know, we may not understand everything that's going on in the world and, and, and what science is doing, what the, the liberal politics is doing where that will lead us to with uh, the Marxism that we're seeing, the, the, the worm eating in the, in the nation with, with communism and with socialism. And we may not be able to see everything clearly on every, on every aspect of it, but one thing we can see clear, 
And that is, we have been born again from another world. And we're predestined for that world. So let's just press on this morning with all our hearts. I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7. I'm going to minister on something that while I was preaching my New Year's sermon, I struck a point of inspiration of the good, on the good land of the Bible that we have returned to by Malachi 4. And I want to talk about that this morning as we just pick up that little, um, little bit of inspiration and look at that. I have other things that I'm looking at in this same thought vein or, or purpose. But today we're going to be speaking on the return to the flow of milk and honey. So there is, um, you know, we're going to be speaking real clearly about the land, the land, it flowing, and, and then the return to that land, and the land gushing forth its waters and its riches, and then we're going to be speaking about the milk and honey that we have as believers. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, of, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive, oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack Anything in it, I want you to catch, catch this, what it's saying. Bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of hills thou mayest dig brass. So here he's telling them that there is um, a land that you're going to and it has every kind of thing within it that is necessary for your, to sustain you upon the earth, whether it be brass or iron or the bread or whatever it is, you will not lack of, of wheat or barley or vines and fig trees or pomegranates or olive oil or honey. You're not going to lack anything. This land has got a land of abundance. And, and the land, in that land, it flows freely. Now, Malachi 4 speaks of restoration. It speaks of turning the heart back to the faith. So it's a return. It is not something new. And, and let me just say, um, when they would leave Egypt to go to the promised land, they were not going to a different land than that of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they were going to the land of their fathers. Amen. And it's, it's to a place of faith where the I am God was found and, and where he revealed himself and where he has revealed himself as El Shaddai, more than enough. How many's found he's more than enough? And he's a land, it's a land where new names are given. And you don't live by names of like Abram, but you're given a new letter to your name. And that new letter in itself represented God coming down into the name of Abram. And there it would be God himself coming down into him, renewing his body, changing him. Where that he could bring forth the promised son. Because the Bible said his body was now dead. Is that right? 
Amen. So again, it will come down. It will be God himself and the promised son. And remember, it's in that as we parallel it just a moment where the 2,000-year-old woman, the church, comes to life again and brings forth the Messiah. Amen. The, the hour, the time where there is no barrenness among us, but where that we, the church brings forth life. Are you with me? Now, and where an unbelieving old church, a barren Sarah, or Sarai, has changed to Sarah. Again, God taking the H, which would represent his, his own self in that character, a part of his own name, and putting it in, in the name of Sarah, changing her name. And he would come down in her notice and turn her heart back to believing again and giving her the promised son. And where this is a land where Jacobs are changed from deceiver. Amen. A deceiver, a liar, a thief, you know, a a horrible person, a betrayer. Are you with me? Amen. And would be changed from, from that to Israel, a prince. It's a royalty because the change doesn't come by reformation or by psychology, but by a supernatural visitation from the Almighty God. Now, years after the return from Egypt, we know that, that Israel would be dispersed into Babylon and, and would return again and rebuild the temple, and, which would restore them back to worship again. Ezra would come and bring back the word and the Bible would be known and, and uh, the people would rejoice as the book was open. And God would show Zechariah seven golden candlesticks. And he showed that they were supplied with unlimited oil from two olive trees. Notice this, because this parallels our day. We also have been shown seven golden candlesticks. And we've been shown that the same God that has been here in one age would light the fire in the next age. And as it was lit from there, would go to the next and would go to the next. And so Zechariah 14 and, or 4 and 6 says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Who art thou, great, O, o great mountain, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstones of it thereof with shouting, saying, Grace, grace unto it. There's great favor that has been given to this age. To this time, showing us the seven golden candlesticks and God working down to the ages. But he would show that, again, it was done with an unlimited supply. And I want to give these thoughts to you as we go because it flows with milk and honey. It's an unlimited supply. And I want to remind our church this morning as we go into the new year that God's supply is limitless that there's more than enough and that he's here in this age and this time with with not just grace but double grace. The favor of God upon a people in this end time to bring them into a rapture and hour. This is so important that we never forget that what we have is unlimited. The capstone, of course, that is spoke of 
um, is threefold. It is the capping off of all the mysteries of God. That's what the seven thunders were. Amen. There would be the final revelation given to the church. And in doing so, it would, it would give an unlimited supply. Like Luther was limited to justification, the few things that he understood. And Wesley was sanctification, the few things he understood. And Pentecost was, they, they had their, their revelation that they have, but it was all limited. But I want you to know that what you have received is an unlimited resource. Amen. We can never run out of sermons. We can never run out of material. We can never run out of spiritual food. Amen, because it's an unlimited supply. You see, again, it's the capping off of all the mysteries of God. He will bring forth the headstone, the capstone. Amen, with grace, grace. Other ages receive grace, but this age receives the capstone with double grace, double favor. Are you with me? Amen. Now it's also the capping off of the individual. For the individual, the capstone is the Holy Ghost. And so it's a finishing stone that must seal every believer. So with that, again, it's an unlimited supply. It's not a portion of the Spirit. Somebody help me preach now. It's not just justification or sanctification, a dip of the Spirit or a little release of it. But this is where God empties it out. This is where the fullness comes. This is where that the people are being capped off with the token that gets them ready for a rapture, that laying within them is rapturing faith because the Holy Ghost is lying within them. And finally, we come back to the final capstone of the church, which is Jesus Christ physically to take away his people. Other ages have had him in portion. Other ages has had him, you know, in, um, uh, as we said, portions of the Holy Spirit being poured out. And, and they saw him as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. But I want you to know, this age will be capped off with the physical return of Jesus Christ. Amen. That means all the fullness of God manifested. So we're not in the age of portion. We're in the age of double portion. Hallelujah. The age of double portion. What others had in a portion, you receive a double portion of it. But let me tell you, the finish will come. And that mighty capstone will come not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. When it comes to capping off the mysteries, God didn't use a theologian to bring it. He didn't, unless he tried to, to shape it with his own hands. Are you with me? For the capstone had to be a stone that was cut out without hands. Are you with me? No theologian put his hand to it. It wasn't man's ideas. It came from the almighty God. It came from the very thoughts of God. This was not a man's portion. This was a God portion. And God is pouring out his fullness and opening up the word in his fullness, showing light on things that were never seen before. Do you realize how blessed you are? Amen, that light has now shone on things other ages did not, were not privy to. Amen, understanding that has come 
You know who the seven ages are, are the seven churches represent in seven ages. You know the names of the messengers. Is that right? Amen. You know what the thunders uttered. You know now the seals have been revealed. You know now the contents of the book. You understand and you can see what predestination is. Others had that in portion, but we don't have it in portion. Others understood it in the, you know, through a glass darkly, but God is taking the veil off of it. Amen. To reveal it in its completeness. Amen. So you see, again, it was not by might nor by power, but it was by my spirit. Amen. Man's power didn't bring it. Man's understanding didn't bring it, but it was by God's spirit. And the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't man-made. It wasn't shaking a hand of a preacher. It wasn't joining a church. It didn't come from a mental assent to the message being true. That's not how it came. It didn't come by might. It didn't come by men's thinking. It was not a theologian. Amen. But it was by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm captain of a people. I'm bringing them to a knowledge of the truth. Now, so as we look at this this morning, I want you to see uh, that, uh, that again, it will not be creeds of man that brings Jesus Christ back. Amen. It won't be man's ideas or man's ways. and Man won't bring it. Theologians can't. But by my spirit. So to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that brings forth the dead in Christ changes our body and causes a bride to be raptured. Amen. But he'll bring forth the headstones there of shouting with grace, grace unto it. It's a return to the land. It's a calling out of Egypt after sojourning in a strange land. A land that is, you know, that is, you see, Egypt was a land that was so different from the land of the apostles. Trying to get, trying to make a parallel here. Amen. Follow my thinking as we, you know, don't let me throw you for a curve. We know, we know that Egypt was never the land of the apostles. But again, that's where we were. We were in spiritual bondage. Amen. And God called us out. We're back to a land. What land? The land of the apostles. The land of our fathers. For Israel, it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For us, it's the land of Jesus, Peter, Paul, James, John. Are you with me? This is the land that we have been returned to. And, and Egypt was, was a land of multiple gods and trinities of God where, where three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of false prophets. Are you, are you with me? Now, anything that makes Jesus less than God or secondary God is an unclean spirit. Amen. But now, we have returned. And to do that, God would send Elijah the prophet. Now, I want you to just place this here for a moment. But I, we're going to look at a couple of parallels. Because you know that Moses and Elijah will appear to the Jews as the two witnesses. Amen. But also, we have seen, we have seen the Moses ministry and the Elijah ministry. You see his double grace. Somebody with me? Amen. I want you to turn with me to Malachi 4 and let's look at verse 4. 
let's just see, not only does he speak of Elijah, he speaks of Moses. This is here before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's why those are wrong who thinks that, that the two witnesses will be Enoch and Elijah. Because again, Malachi 4 specifically says Moses and Elijah. But I want you to see it here. Malachi 4 and 4. Remember ye the law of, my, of Moses, my servant, which I commanded in, unto him in Horeb for all of Israel and with the statutes and the judgment. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn, remember our text now, return. He shall turn the hearts of the fathers returning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So did you notice verse four? He says, remember or think Moses, but I'm sending you Elijah. I want you to think Moses, but it's Elijah I'm sending. And I'm sending you Elijah for the return, for the turning back of the heart to the faith of the fathers. So there is to be by Elijah a returning back of the hearts of the children to the faith of the fathers. And never forget, God sending Elijah is to turn our hearts back. Remember, this is what he had to do with Sarah. Turn her heart to believing. Amen. Now, you know, she started out as a young woman, no doubt believing. But as it went on, she became less believing. Until she finally decided she couldn't do it, let a Hagar do it. You see, uh, again, then she got where she was past age and said, it's totally impossible. Is that right? She totally had lost her faith. This was a condition of the church. We had totally lost our faith. Amen. But Elijah returns us back to faith. By the angel, Sarah's heart was turned back to believing again. Now, as Brother Branham told us, he said, God promises church a spiritual, a scriptural sign. He said the resurrection would be reproduced. Jesus Christ and his church would become so. They would be one in the last days. He promised it. Now we know that's true. Now he also promised there would be a restoring of the faith. We read over Jude, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now we're promised in Malachi 4 by the same system he always did, which was a prophet, that we would be restored back to the original faith. Oh my, back to the original seed. Back to the seed like it began on the day of Pentecost. Back to the same doctrine, word by word, power by power, spirit, this by the same thing, just exactly like it was back in the beginning, through signs and wonders of the living presence of Jesus Christ. After 2,000 years, he's still alive. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So again, think Moses. What was it about Moses? An angel appearing in a pillar of fire. Getting a commission. Not from an Egyptian. Not from Pharaoh. Not from the theologians. But commission a prophet by an angel. Giving him a message. A message to Satan, let my people go. And a call to the elect, come out of her, my people. 
that you be not partakers of our plagues. Oh, church, don't you know that call consummates in a bride leaving from here? The plagues are falling. They're, they're coming around. We see pre-tribulation plagues already that, are, that have been bred in laboratories, now released, killing million now. Are you with me? But I want to tell you, before the plagues can strike, there's got to be a people that are prepared to leave here. They've heard a call that said, come out of her, my people. Be separate, saith the Lord, that you pay, that you partake not of her plagues. Now, those that are leaving Egypt could say, we're leaving the slavery of Egypt. There's not going to be no more whippings. No more doing penance. No more popes. No more bishops. No more false gods of the Nile. We're going to a land of freedom. We're going back to the land and the God of our fathers. We're going to the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to a land that gushes, flows, gushes with milk and honey. There's not just a little bit, it's an unlimited supply. Hallelujah. Amen. So think Moses. But it won't be Moses. It'll be Elijah. And as Elijah turned the hearts of the children of Israel from following Baal by being vindicated by a pillar of fire, so will the last day Elijah turn the hearts of the children back to the true and living God. Amen. He'll not bring a new worship, but he'll restore the old altar. You remember when Moses, or excuse me, when Elijah there in that showdown, he didn't go and build a new altar. He returned to the altar. He got the neglected stones of truth. We don't have a message different from Paul. Amen. We've got a, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was, as Paul said, it's my gospel. The gospel of Christ according to my gospel. So you, if you'll just see, we have been returned back to the true gospel again. Look, when, when Israel was, in, in this modern day, was they were offered the land. Do you know, they tried to get them to take the land of Uganda. So we'll settle you all there. You know, there's Arabs there and they, you know, Hittites and Jebusites and all other kind of people wanting that land. And they have vowed to keep you out of it. But we'll just, we'll just overrun Uganda and we'll give that to you. And the Jews can all settle in Uganda. There was no promise of God for Uganda. Amen, that was not their roots. That was not their promised land. Amen, they had been given a promised land and it wasn't Uganda. It was, it was, a, it was a land of Zion. It was a Jerusalem. It was, it was a land of Palestine. And yet everybody was wanting to keep them from it. But God swore, I'm gonna bring them back home. And God has swore, I'm bringing a bride back to her original place. Amen. She, she will be exactly in the land of her fathers. Not in the land of a stranger. Not in the land of Uganda. But the land of your fathers. The land of Paul. The land of Peter. The land of James and John. The place where Jesus walked. 
have all the, the Old Testament saints. I'm bringing you back to that land. Now, so he, uh, Elijah would not institute a new worship, but he would restore the old altar. He would be vindicated by a pillar of fire uh, that, that proved that this was no gimmicks. No deception. Put barrels of water on the wood. Put it all over the sacrifice. I want them to know this is no trickery. And God would want you to know science themselves would have to validate the light struck the lens. Is that right? Over and over, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times, the discernment would come to prove the word was among us. Amen. What was it? God was making you know this is no deception. This is, this is no gimmick. Amen. Put the water on the wood. Put it on the sacrifice. This is no trickery. And then visions were given to the prophet. Because he said, I've done all of this at your command. So he did it all by vision. Notice, taking stones. Did you know in the Old Testament when they built an altar, no man was able to, you know, they could not put cut stones on the altar. They had to be uncut stones. Somebody with me? The reason why, man's hand could not tool it. Every revelation that goes in our worship cannot be tooled by man. It can't come from seminaries. It has to come from thus saith the Lord. Amen, it'll be exactly as I've made it. Amen. Now turn with me to 1 Kings 18 and verse 36. Now, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Notice, it's evening time in the last days when Elijah comes. That Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I've done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. You see, it's Elijah turns the hearts back. They were, they were all following Baal. But the coming of the ministry of Elijah has turned our hearts back yes. to the original faith. Come on back to that way that they may know thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Notice it comes back around. They began to know who the true and living God is. Amen. The creeds are gone. Baal is gone. Every other God's out of the picture. Baptist gods, Methodist gods, Presbyterian gods, all out of the picture. Amen, because why? Elijah, by a pillar of fire, turned their hearts back again. Now, unfortunately, Israel would rebel time and time again until finally they rejected and, and crucified their Messiah. 
their, their savior. And, and at last, they were dispersed among the nations. But now we see a return of them after 2,000 years back to their homeland. And similarly, the, the church has rebelled and fallen away until she's been dispersed among the denominations. But I want you to know the return of Israel shows a great parallel between the natural seed, the nation of Israel, and the royal seed, the bride of Christ. What God has done for the natural seed in reestablishing them in the land, he's also doing for the royal seed. Amen. And neither can be blessed outside of their promised land. If you want to be blessed, get back in the promised land. Amen. It's only there we can be blessed. And when they brought them there from the Babylonian dispersal back to Israel, Zechariah 13, 1 prophesies, in that day there should be a fountain open. Amen. To the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for your unbelief and your uncleanliness. Amen. What is a fountain open? Not a cistern found. Right. We, we found the cistern of, of um, Hezekiah. Or we found the cisterns of one of the kings. Or we found the cisterns of the Baptists or the Methodists where they stored water and they become leaky vessels and they're all out or what's there is stagnated. Yes. Amen. Amen. But here when he comes back to your land, a fountain is opened. And that's what I want to get to you today. There's been a fountain open, a fountain of unlimited supply. It can't run out. You don't have to pump it up. Amen. You don't have to sweat and, and toil to get it. It's there. It's for you to drink from. It's there to, to give you what you need in the hour, whether it's sin and for uncleanliness, whatever it is. The washing of the water of the word will cleanse you from unbelief. Now when God puts his spirit in you, it's a flowing fountain. Now I want you to remember, they go to physical land. Your land is the Holy Ghost. Your land is the Holy Ghost. So everything in the Holy Ghost, whether it's the Bible, the Word, the Bible, the truth, or whatever it is, whether it's healing, deliverance, whatever, is all in the Holy Ghost. So your land is the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Ghost. So there's it in that land is what we find righteousness, peace, and joy. Outside that land, we're not blessed. And you will never be blessed until you come fully into the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, but notice in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. Can you put that up for me, please? Jeremiah 2 verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. Here's the two evils now. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Now, look how he identifies himself. He said, I am not just water, I'm living water, flowing water, and I'm a fountain. It gushes out goodness, mercy, healing, deliverance, all comes from him. And he said, you forsook me, the fountain, 
fountain of living water and you've hewed out, here's the second sin, you've hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And this is the era of denomination today. They've hewed out their cisterns where they used to have revival, but it's all leaked out and the revival is gone. Amen. But God didn't give us another cistern. I want you to get this thought. It flows. It flows. He is a fountain of living water. There's no little flow out of it. It's unlimited. Amen. Notice in Jeremiah 17, verse 13, and he says, Oh, Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Again, he's showing the fountain of living waters. This is me, the Lord. And then we find what comes out of that fountain. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for thou art my praise. This is what comes out of the fountain. Healing for the body and healing for the soul. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, I'm the fountain and they've forsaken me. But he said, if you'll turn back to God, if your heart will turn back, you'll find healing there. You'll find salvation there. Now, Zechariah 14 and verse six, and it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear or dark. Zechariah 14, seven. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord not day nor night, but it shall come to pass at the evening time it shall be light. Can you place yourself right there right now? How many knows we're in the evening light? Amen, it's a time of darkness, but light comes upon the word. So Brother Tim, well why don't you understand everything that's happening in the world today? Because the light's on the word. It's not on politics. Amen. It's not, it's, not on, it's not on your 401k and, and the future of your, of your finances. That's not where the light is. The light is on the word. In the evening light, a time, it shall be light. Notice now the next verse. And it shall be in that day, in the evening time, that living water shall go out of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Now, remember the bride. She is the spiritual Jerusalem. Out of her will go what? Living waters. There's going to be an abundant supply flowing out of her. Amen. And half of them toward the former sea, half toward the hinder sea. And the summer and the winter shall be. It won't matter if it's cold. It won't matter if it's hot. It don't matter if this is having revival and that one ain't. Amen, it'll always be the same. Amen, the living water shall go out from Jerusalem. Hallelujah, out of this bride, out of this people is gonna come living waters. It's not a stagnant stream. Amen, not something with wiggle tails or something that was yesterday but not today. Amen, but something of living waters. And the Lord shall be king. Remember, we was preaching on the rejected king. The Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day, there shall be one Lord and his name one. 
Now, Jesus let it be known, he was the giver of that water. The woman at the well. The woman that had six husbands. Or six men, or five men, and one was not her husband. So six men. And now she meets the seventh. So when she comes to the seventh, come on. She meets the one who gives her the answer for the thirst in her life. Hallelujah. Amen. He has living waters. John 14, 10, Jesus answered, said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Not a stagnant pool. Living water. Not a dried up cistern where it leaked out years and years ago. Living water. I've come to give living water. Now let's turn to John 7, verse 37. In the last days, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If you're thirsty, come to me. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Notice again, a flow, an abundance. This is not a trickle. Again, you know, it's not saying, if you believe on me as the scripture has said, out of you will come a trickle. He said, it'll be a river. An unstoppable river. It's an unstoppable fountain. There's not a little bit of it. It flows. But this he spoke of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So again, it is the Lamb that leads to living waters. It is him that gives living waters. That's what he wants the church to have, is a a flowing fountain. Now, Ezekiel 37, 11, I'd like to just look at here because as they're coming back, there are prophecies laying in the Bible for their return. And so there are prophecies laying there for our return. The Bible prophesied that even as Israel would return to their land, we will return to our land. Are you with me? So Ezekiel 37, 11, he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we're cut off from our parts, therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and I will cause you to come out of your graves and bring you to the land of Israel. So you see the Jews were brought out of the nations, the bride from denomination, but God said it's a resurrection. I'm actually resurrecting a people, bringing them to their land, and ye shall know I'm the Lord when I have opened your graves. Oh, my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. And you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Remember, Israel's over there against all odds. It looked impossible. Amen. Now, in the the rising of the sun, Brother Branham talks about 
the bright age. For the bright age, it would be a resurrection out of dark denominationalism. So what is it? It was God opening the graves and bringing the people to the land. Amen. Sometimes, you know, you, you young people don't understand maybe even what we're talking about because you never were there. But we were there. We know what the slave belt feels like. We know the whippings. We understand the, the, the humiliation, the persecution. We understand we were misfits. Amen. We understand we were in a grave. We were dying. Amen, but God is but a resurrection out of dark denominationalism back to the land. I'll open up the graves and I'll bring you back to your land. Now, so the bride has returned to the homeland of the Holy Ghost. As Brother Bradham told him in recognizing your day in this message, Israel back in her promised land. She didn't know how she got back there. She was just automatically put back there. Why? National force put her in her place. And he said, I'm going to say something. National force put Israel in her homeland. National force will put the church in the World Council of Churches. And we can already see national force coming down. Amen. As as Antichrist rises its power. We feel it right now today. You know that. Amen, but I want you to know it's not national force that puts the bride in her homeland. It's the power of God that puts the bride in her homeland. And you see, because we'll recognize our position and the word in that land and she is in Christ and that that will put her in her place, no national force will do it. I'm telling you, the pressures you are under is not gonna put you in your place. People are looking for a squeeze to put them in their place. It won't do it. Amen. You say, well, the pressures, Brother Tim, they're getting worse and worse. But I'll tell you, friends, there's another pressure. There's another pressure. It's the pressure of the Holy Ghost. And it is pushing and pressing upon the people in this hour. You've got to get ready to leave from here. I'm taking you even beyond the land of the Bible into the land of the promised land of the resurrection and the rapture into glory. More than just a theology am I returning you to. Amen, but I'm giving you a double portion. Amen, yes, I'm restoring the word, but more than the word, I'm taking you physically. Don't you realize that the the real capstone of the Holy Ghost will be taking a bride physically in a rapture, a sweep of the Holy Ghost coming over them. That's why you gotta have the sweep now to change you now so that you'll be a part of the sweep then. We're people who have returned to the land of the Bible after six church ages of dispersal and removal from the land. By Paul's gospel, the church was rooted firmly in the land of the Bible with correct Bible doctrines and the power of the Holy Ghost. And as the Ephesian church lost their first love, believers then would become dispersed among the denominations. And they've been out of their homeland now for thousands of years. But in this day, there's been a call that has rung out, come out of her, my people. This is a midnight cry. 
Amen. Light your lamps. Get ready. The bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. This is the third exodus where God has sent us a Moses to deliver the people of Israel from Egypt, vindicating him with a pillar of fire. And that same God has sent a prophet with a message saying, let my people go. And we're here in the land, having returned to the gospel that Paul preached. I want you to know where we're at. We're not in a strange land. We're not over in Uganda somewhere. We have been returned back to our land. The gospel Paul preached. Amen. You say, well, well, we got something different from old Paul. Well, I'll tell you what, you can have your Uganda. Amen. I don't want a different gospel or a different land. Because of this, we have returned to the God of the Bible. In this land, we will keep his commandments. We will have no other gods besides him. Amen. Even the idols of television and Hollywood have been abandoned with a pledge to serve the one true and living God. Amen. True believers don't go to movies. You didn't get that. Let me say it again. True believers don't go to movies. Real believers don't waller like pigs with the world and go to their ball games. You might attract Leo to see him with ball games, but not the bride. Make no mistake about it. We, we've got a safe place for our, for our children to play. But that ain't about attracting people here. We attract people by the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The bride's heroes is not someone who can chase a pigskin. Amen. A pigskin is just full of air. And win a, or win a gold medal at the Olympics, that is not our heroes. Our heroes are men who can kill a giant with a stone. That lions cannot eat. That fire cannot burn. Amen. Who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises and stopped the mouth of lions. Who quenched the violence of the fire. Who escaped the edge of the sword. Who out of weakness were made strong. Who waxed violent in flight. Who turned the flight to armies of the alien. That's our heroes. Our heroes are Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Peter, Paul, James, John, Jesus. Amen. All the way down to the seven ages, these are the heroes, our heroes. Amen. Now, we have returned to the land of milk and honey. And it's, it's a wonderful land. Like in the days of Joshua of old, you remember, they walked around the walls of silence. But now we've seen the silence that the seventh seal held and now is broken. And the land is open to us. It's open for the believer, every resource of the book. Now, this has granted us untapped resources. I'm trying to get something to you. It flows. And there... There are resources that you have not yet tapped into. Now, just because I, I got a little sore throat yesterday don't mean you got to sit down on me. Got to help me a little bit. Amen. Now, let's listen. This, this, this has granted us untapped resources. Now, you don't have to cover your face and run. I'm not sick. 
Now, you see, we have untapped resources. Just as Israel had to conquer the land before, uh, before them, and after seeing the walls fell, you know, after the seals is open, that's only the beginning. So we understand the seals and the mystery. That's only the beginning. There's more in the land. Amen. Now, the third pull, that third phase of Brother Brandon's ministry that opened the seven seals, opened up the entire word of God, it was based on a scripture that we are gonna have to make our scripture. I want you to see it, Mark eleven twenty three. This is the scripture for this, this word that we have received. The message. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. How many's got things you desire? All right, so he's saying when you pray, you believe that you receive them and you shall have them. No exceptions. No deals. No clauses. No buts. No ifs. Amen, but what? When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. That's the message of the third pull. You say, Brother Tim, I believe the mystery. Believe this mystery. Amen. Because this is what the third pull was based on. This scripture right here. Amen. The third pull opened up the seven seals. And Brother Tim, we're to be studious and and learned and scholars and and understanders of, of the Bible and whatever. Well, understand this scripture. We are people who stand under the blood covenant. Amen. The blood of the everlasting covenant. A people that through the atonement, sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, can live in such a sphere with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus that it wouldn't be him talking. It would be the Holy Spirit speaking these things. Now, the original root of the bride tree has put forth another branch. I want you to say, we are a branch of the original root. We have not been grafted in. We have been born in the original vine. We're not a sprout that it was put in by Luther or Wesley or Pentecost. We are not a grafted vine. We are the vine, the original vine, putting forth a branch. Amen. In other words, we are then a continuation of the root of the book of Acts. Amen. We are not a continuation of our fusses, of our debates, of our arguments, or of our heresies, of our false doctrines, but we are continuation of the same Holy Spirit that worked in the church of people who are now doing his acts again. Amen. 
if you abide in me, if you dwell in the land, and the God of the land dwell in you, the Holy Ghost in you, then ask what you will. See, we receive the seals that open up the land of the book. But we're to go into, we are to go into full redemption. Listen, in the Queen of Sheba, Brother Branham said, instead of people advancing on and seeing what God promised, we look back and see what some brother behind us said. Let's don't look back, let's look forward. Let's keep moving on and on. We have untapped resources. Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty three. Why, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said shall come to pass. You can have what you said. No conditions. It's just unlimited. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive them, and you shall have them. Now you say, Brother Branham, what if we ask for somebody's life to be taken or some evil thing? He said, you can have a a Christian faith for doing a thing like that. It takes a Christian spirit to ask Christian things to receive things from Christ. But he said, when a spirit-born, spirit-filled man in faith takes the word into his heart, places it upon his lips, why, that is the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to go Satan cannot stand before that man. I'm talking to that people that Satan cannot stand before. Amen. Again, he said in the early church, he said the sick were healed, the devils were cast out, they spoke with new tongues. That was the word in action. That word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. And in this last age, how many wants to know about the last age now? It is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Not less, more. A double portion. Now Moses in the first exodus, by commission under the blood of bulls and goats, he began to torment Satan's kingdom. Think of it. Amen. Saying time after time, let my people go. You don't let him go, I'll bring another plague on you. We're gonna plague the devil, don't you get it? We're gonna plague the devil till we leave from here. Until he has to let us go. Amen, Amen. you see Pharaoh got stubborn but the more stubborn he became, the more determined God was to have Israel, his firstborn, serve him uninhibited. Don't try to inhibit us. Don't try to limit us. Amen. We will have praise. We will have worship. We'll have the Holy Ghost. We'll have every divine promise. We'll have the mysteries. We'll have every truth in the Bible. We will not shirk back from one thing. It's all ours. Let my people go. I won't do it. Okay, then I'll plague you till you do. And God used the voice of a man to bring plagues on Satan's kingdom. And now God wants to use your voice. Satan, you have no right to my body. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. You have no right to my children. You have no right to my family. I'm a child of the most high God. Amen, I'm not standing still. I'll call down heaven and the plagues from heaven until you let them go. 
loose. Amen. We will not stand still. We've got a land to go to. We have a rapture in this hour. We believe for the impossible. And God will use the voice of a man to, to bring plagues upon Satan's kingdom. And there's just a little more sound up here. Now, so God hiding and revealing himself in simplicity. This is what Brother Branham told us. God wouldn't be seen out there. God would be hidden in simplicity. He'd be hidden in a people. He would be hidden in a, in a little man that had a stuttering speech. In the days of Moses, somebody help me. Amen, he would be hidden in him. He would be hidden in a rod, which would represent the name of Jesus. It didn't look like much, but it availed much. Your prayers may not look like much, but they avail much. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. There was a story of a man um, that had a real um, uh, near-death experience. And I won't tell it all, but in this, he, he went to hell. He was not a believer. And when he, when he died, and he, he went and, and descended way down, 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 miles there. And as he did, they began to pull on him and torment him and kick him and, and whatever and, and, and bite him and fight him and everything. And he said, I was... Uh, you know, I, I'd been a football player as a kid and I knew how to handle myself and I was hitting back and whatever else, but there was hundreds of them, thousands of them coming against me in this dark place. And he said they left me until I was just a, uh, just a, a, a heap on the floor. My eyes were gone. My eyeballs pulled out. My ears pulled off. They had bit me and tore me and, and tormented me and hurt me until I was nothing but just a, a piece of humanity on the floor. He said, I was, I was like something from a sewer. Yeah. My life wretched. Yeah. And he said in that moment, he began to, he, something began to say to him, pray. And he said, I don't believe in prayer. I don't believe in prayer whatsoever. I'm an atheist, and I don't believe in prayer. I'll tell you, you'll believe in that place. And remember, this man got to come back. He only was able to see this. Amen. But he got to come back to life again, and it changed his life. But there, in that midst there, he said, in a heap, broken, hurting, pain like you never felt. He said, I began, they began to, it began to say something from inside of me, pray. And he said, I don't know, I don't know how to pray. And he said, well, pray. And he said, I, I, I don't know how. And he said, something from way back from his childhood, come, come to him. And he began to say, God bless America. You know, my country tis of thee. And all kinds of things that he would say, you know, come to his mind about God, anything that had God in it. And he noticed every time that he spoke the name Jesus or God, he said the demons would run screaming. And they would scream, but they wouldn't come closer. They, were, they would back away from him every time that he would mention it. And he said there in that horrible condition, he said I, I, there was a hope. And he said I, I had something down on the inside of me that began to hope that Jesus loved me. He said, why would he love me? 
I've never done it for him. I turned him away. I've not believed in him. But he said, if there was ever time I wanted to believe Jesus loved me, I wanted to believe it then. And he said, I, I, I began to say, Jesus loves me. And then he said, Jesus, come to me. And he said, I wanted to believe he would come. And he said, all of a sudden, I saw a light. It was so tiny, but it began to advance toward me, and it come greater and greater and greater. And he picked me up in his arms, and he loved me. And then he took, I told him, and told, took him from there. As he, he took all his hurts away and replaced his eyeballs and his ears and all the hurting that he had been through and took him there and moved him into that dimension of heaven. And he spoke about those things. But nevertheless, in, in the thing, what I want to get to you, this man, he saw firsthand. Well, you know where? Just the name of Jesus. Just speaking of God. Cause demons to move back in that realm. I don't think the believer realizes the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Amen. The power that is there that is unleashed when you call on the name of Jesus. Demons have to go. Haven't we seen it? Haven't we seen demons bow to it? Haven't we seen them cast out in the name of Jesus Christ? Why? Because the effectual fervent prayer releases the name of Jesus and the power to make devils flee. I'll tell you, there's enough power in there to heal your cancer, to heal your diseases, to heal your sickness, to heal your soul sickness. There's enough power to go out and find your loved ones and bring them home and restore your family. There's enough power, and when the saints of God begin to release the unlimited power of Jesus. Hallelujah, that's what I'm talking about. There's power. Things you've never tapped into that you don't realize because the devil wants to make you think your prayers are going nowhere. Where all the time they're pushing him back and pushing him back. And making him flee. Isn't that the Bible? Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee flee from you. Moses standing on the blood of bulls and goats. Walked out there. Reached toward the east and said, Thus saith the Lord, let there come flies. There's never been a fly. Never heard a fly. He didn't even see a fly. He just spoke it. Amen. And it was expressed. Now it's released from his lips. A simple man on the blood of bulls and goats. First thing you know, here comes a little fly. The next thing you know, there are five pounds per yard. You know, again, it was the word of God spoken through Moses. Do you hear what we're saying? Think Moses. Remember Moses. I'm turning you back to an unlimited supply. There's no limit in this. It flows with milk and honey. Amen. And he said, if, he said, under the blood, he's standing in the presence of God. His words wasn't his own words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. It shall be given you. Where is the church standing at? I want to ask you something. The blood of bulls and goats. 
uh, could be used for bleach. We could only cover, could put a man in position to speak the creative word of God and bring flies into existence. Why would you stumble at the bleach of Jesus Christ's blood who could speak a squirrel or something into existence? Amen. Don't do it. Don't stumble over simplicity. Believe he still remains God. If you say to this mountain, be moved, don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Again, you say, I believe the third pull. Brother, Brother Tim, we're in the third pull. This is a scripture of the third pull. Amen. Amen. And he says, where is the Pentecostal church today? At today, he said, you don't realize that truly confess sin omits sins. And it builds a bridge across the chasm and takes a man back in the presence of the creator and makes him a son of God. Let me tell you even more. It takes away the chasm where there's not even a remembrance that you were ever on the other side, that you ever was a sinner. Hallelujah. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed your sins, your unbelief from you. Now, he said, God taking a humble sinner, cleansing him by his blood, dropping him in that, conf- that confessed sin into that Clorox bleach of the blood of the Son of God, putting his own life into that man by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then if we have the, tr- the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, what's wrong with us? When the type, when Elijah dropped the robe for Elisha, he got a double portion of it. Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you shall do also. And greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. What's wrong, church? Now, Brother Branham is asking, what is wrong? Well, you see, the, the Luthers were too happy just with having their sins forgiven. To go on, they left out a whole much more of the Bible. And a lot of it they never possessed. Amen. Wesley was too happy with holiness that he didn't go on into the Holy Ghost. You see, Azusa Street went into speaking in tongues and they were too happy with the gift of the Spirit. They didn't even get the the gift himself, the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I want you to understand, God's asking the same question. What's wrong with the church? Where are we standing? This is not another denominational church. Well, you just sit back on your pew and socialize and join up. But this is a day where people who know their God will do exploits, who will take all the land. You see, in the first Exodus, the people of the book used inspired words uttered from human lips, and it created frogs and lice and locusts. Now, the reason they weren't playing games, they were tormenting devils. Is that right? They were calling the elements, come torment Satan. We have been tormented. We have been whipped. We have been beat. We have been enslaved. We have been in bondage, but no more. Right now, we are starting to declare our freedom. And in declaring our freedom, we are bringing curses upon Satan's kingdom. Amen. We are bombarded. Satan's kingdom confessing the word by his stripes I am healed in the name of Jesus Christ holding our our profession come on 
Amen. They and their household shall be saved. They will be there and their offsprings with them. Every scripture that there is in the Bible, you bombard Satan's kingdom. You bomb him. Hallelujah. And if the first bomb don't get him, you drop another in the same place. And if that don't get it, you do it. And you pound it till it gets through, till you flatten him. Till he's no longer standing before you. Now God's word had said to the seed of Abraham they would return to the land of Abraham. And nothing could stop them. And I'm just saying, nothing can stop us. You know, the tables had turned after being beaten, despised, oppressed. Now the Israelites, Moses was the oppressor. Amen. And they were unstoppable. The Bible said they went out with a high hand. And when the Red Sea got in their way, too bad. You got to move. You got to open up. We've got our inheritance on the other side of the Red Sea, and the devil's trying to block us here, but we'll go right through your block. It don't matter how big it is, we got a message, and that message said, go forward. I'm sick with cancer, go forward. Amen. Well, I got this problem, go forward. Amen. My children, brother, go forward. Whatever it is, you don't quit. You don't stop. You go forward. You persevere. You press on. Every example of the Bible shows the resources of this milk and honey. And it's unlimited. None of the book remains closed. We are not a people who have six seals open and the seventh remains open. We're not a people of a closed book. We're a people of the open book. Every bit of it is accessible. Now, Brother Branham told us if you can limit God, you can limit Christ. And if you can limit the church today and its possibilities, you're limiting God. But all things are possible whatsoever you desire. When you pray, you believe, you receive it, and you shall have it. He said, I believe it, and I know it. I know it's the truth. Now, it provokes God. Somebody with me? It provokes God to limit him. It makes him angry. It displeases God. Look at Psalm 78 and 40. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. How he wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan, which is, which is where Pharaoh's house was. You see, they didn't remember. They forgot in their trials what God did and they limited God. And this is the way we do so often. We get into a trial and we start limiting God. Amen. And when we do, it provokes him. It grieves him. Amen. Now, God is known by simple faith, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the only way God and you and you become a son of God. It changes your nature. And the very same thing, God the creator who made all things spoke and the world into existence by his word. And that same spirit in you, you believe everything God says. And there's nothing impossible if you believe it. 
You won't stand back to one little creed and say, I don't believe uh, except that. I, I, I can't believe God will do this. I can't believe. You limit God by your unbelief. Amen. Now, he said, if God loved you well enough to bring you up out of sin and fill you with the Holy Ghost, is that you? What's the matter with you poor spineless weaklings around the country? Won't he much more deliver you from your affliction when he promised he would do it? Well, I'm past my three score and 10. You can give any kind of excuse you want to. But God is unlimited. You are limited because of your age. But age didn't limit God with Abraham. It didn't limit him with Sarah. Come on, church. It didn't limit him with Simeon. It didn't limit him with Anna. Amen. We should not allow our, our thinking to limit God. Our excuses. The devil's trying to hide you back and tell you you're a little trod down something. You are not. You are sons and daughters of God. Amen. We're not a defeated people. We're an overcoming people. Amen. Deity, he said, is not just in heaven. Deity's in you. Do you realize Brother Branham taught us that God is here? Not just coming. We always want to put it in the future one day, you know, when Jesus comes. But remember, God has always been here on the earth. God has never left the earth. Listen to this. This is Brother Branham's word. God has never left the earth. If he'd ever leave the earth, I don't know what would become of it, but God's always been here in some form. Oh, praise his name. And he was with the children of Israel in in the wilderness, coming out of Egypt in the form of a light. He spoke to Abraham in the form of a man. He spoke to Moses in the form of a man. He spoke to the church in the form of a man, his son, Christ Jesus. And he's speaking through his church today, through the anointed church of the living God, through vessels of clay. We are the branches. You are the branches. I am the vine. God is still speaking. And the world sees Jesus as you present him. So you see, again, This is what he is. God is here on the earth today. Where is he? He's in bride form. He's in his people. He's in this church this morning. He hasn't abandoned his project. He hasn't sent a prophet and then went back into heavens and forgot it all. He may have taken his man, but he didn't take his spirit. Somebody help me preach. And Brother Branham tells us where we're standing in invisible union. He said, can't you see where we're standing? Life is in the grain again. What is it? Just exactly like the grain that went in the ground. The same Jesus in bride form, same power, same church, same thing, same word. Hallelujah. Amen. So here we are, the complete body of Jesus Christ revealed in the form of the bride that was taken out of his side. Amen. In the message token, as a husband and a woman and her husband become one, so does the bride in Christ become one. The ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. The vindicated word in his body is his very victory in the reason of his death. He only died in the flesh. His spirit went to hell. 
His, and went and preached to the souls in prison. His flesh died. Then he raised it up again and quickened it. Quickened means he made it alive. His flesh, which is his body, and that's the word. He's been laying dead for years, but gradually come up in the Reformation. Now she's standing on her feet. Now where's the church standing at? On her feet. An invincible army with unlimited resource, with powerful weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That is our weapon. Amen. So there again, a mighty army raised up, marching towards Zion, taking every promise, not backing up from any. Brother Branham said, that, you know, when, when the dry bones live, he said that, that word can only come through a prophet. How can prophecy come only to the prophet? You say, well, Brother Tim, you see that it was only to the prophet. There are still prophets. Let me make it clear. There is not a fourfold ministry. There is a fivefold ministry. And a prophet is a New Testament preacher. Now, of course, we know that there's only one prophet messenger. Is that right? Amen. There's only one major prophet messenger who revealed the mysteries that's contained in the word and has a ministry that turned the hearts of the children to the fathers. So there's one prophet messenger of the age. Amen. So there's no eighth messengers. Amen. There's no eighth age. But there are still prophets. There are New Testament preachers. Amen. You know why the ministry is being attacked today? Satan has effectively destroyed prophecy in the church. And preaching is the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the spirit of prophecy. Are you hearing me? When a man stands behind the pulpit, Brother Branham said he has more authority than the angels in heaven. When he's giving forth the word and coming by inspiration, it's more than the man. It's the power of God behind those words. Moses might have been the vessel that spoke it and it might have been a man's words and a man's lips that formed the word, but God got behind those words and created. Amen. I want you to know there is an invincible army that has raised up marching to take every square inch of the word that speaks of the bride. We will have everything that God promised. We will believe all the word. We will have holiness. Amen. For without that, no man will seek the Lord. Amen. We will have the Holy Ghost. We will see miracles. We will have speaking in tongues. We will have prophecy. We will have word of knowledge. We will have mystery truths. Amen. We are back in the land and we have been planted here by predestination. In Egypt, that wasn't our land and we were not planted there. It was only a temporary place. But here is not temporary. In this land, we're never leaving it. We are in this land for good and we're taking possession of it. Like he told Joshua, every place your soles of your feet stand upon, I have given that to you. And I'll tell you, it's time for you to expand your borders and to realize this is unlimited and whatever you've had heretofore, God's got more for you. Amen. I give it to you. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to fight to possess it. Yeah, there's demons on it. Yeah, there's giants there, but I don't see the giants and I don't see the demons. I see a divine promise. And we are more than able to take the land. Amen, we're more than able to receive every divine promise. God said, I gave it to you, now you go take it. And I'm telling you, go forward. I'm telling you, as the children of God, there is more for your inheritance, more than you've ever experienced. Hallelujah. You have not yet begun to understand the depths of the joys and the love and the peace and the power of God. It's for you to take. And it's not a little bit. Amen, it's a place that flows. It gushes forth. It's a river of living water. It's not just a mustard seed faith. It's a rapture in faith. They may have had mustard seed in other days, but Brother Branham told us, don't you limit your faith to mustard seed. Some little bitty faith. Our faith is beyond that. It's double grace. It's double the faith. Amen, it's not only faith for salvation, it's faith for the change of the body. Amen, you can never exhaust God's love and mercy. So, well, I don't wanna bother God. God wants to be bothered. Amen, don't ever think you could ask too much of God. Amen, you have not because you ask not, and you ask not because you believe not. God wants you to ask. Amen, he wants you to believe that our joys can be full. He don't want to limit your faith to some little mustard seed faith. He wants you to get out there into some other kind of faith and move out to big things. Amen. Amen, that ought to be what we say for this new year. I'm gonna get new heights. I'm gonna have new joys. I'm gonna have bigger faith. We're gonna have more healing. We're gonna see more devils cast out. We're gonna see more salvation. We are not stuck. We're gonna have more worship. Amen, you see the shout before? Wait till you see a shout this time. Amen, because devil portion is being poured out, not a little bit. You've seen us rejoice in the past. Wait until you see us rejoice over this. Hallelujah. We're not limited to some little thing. We have every promise of God's word. Amen, and it's gushing for It's a river of living water. It's not a little bit, it's a great supply. It's unlimited, it's inexhaustible. Big things are just as easy to receive as little things. Amen, you can have big things. Don't just ask for little things, ask big. I'm asking big things for this year. I'm asking big things for this church. I'm asking big things for my ministry. I'm asking big things for my anointing. I'm asking big things. I'm expecting greater things. I'm not thinking we're gonna get weaker. Amen, I'm thinking we're gonna get stronger. Amen, we just now began to fight. We just started out. Amen, Satan, you ain't seen nothing yet because we're coming in the name of the Lord God of Israel. We know what a slingshot of faith with just one letter of his name will do. It'll bring down a giant. Wait till we release the rest of it. You see, we didn't just get five, one stone, we got five stones. We got all of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. It's inexhaustible. 
like a little fish in the ocean. Let me tell you, you're like a little fish in the ocean of God's spirit. Could a little fish that long drink up all the ocean? Not in a million lifetimes. Amen, neither can you exhaust God. Amen, we're a little fish in the ocean of God's spirit. Amen, we are in it, it is in us. You ever think about that? The fish is in the water and the water's in the fish. Amen, we're in the spirit and the spirit's in us. We're surrounded. You may think I'm surrounded. You may think the enemy's got us closed in. You may think we're surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. I'm in the water, the water's in me. And he said, if you are in the word and the word is in you, ask what you will. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? The spirit lives in you. The life of the fish is a life in the ocean. We are life in the spirit. You take a fish out of the ocean, it dies. You take the Holy Spirit out, we die. Amen. The spirit is our life. It is our freedom. You see, for the fish, the ocean is its freedom. It can swim anywhere. It can go anywhere. It has all kinds of depths. Come on, it, can, it, it, it is its freedom. You take it out, it can only just flop there on the ground. Can't go anywhere. The spirit is our life. It is our freedom. You may think, oh, just take the, the spirit out of the church. No, it's our freedom. Amen. Everywhere a fish goes is the ocean. Everywhere a child of goes, a child of God goes is the spirit. We are in it. It's in us. He can never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. Imagine a little mouse, you know, there in the corners of Egypt, saying, I better eat only one grain a day this year because I'm gonna run out. No, he couldn't ever run out. In a million lifetimes, he couldn't run out. So don't be afraid to ask God for anything. He's willing, more willing to give it than you are to receive it. If we can just get that little shadow wiped away to know he's willing to do it. I'm trying to tell you, friends, heaven has moved. The lamb took the book and it flows on an open book. It's all open, an unlimited supply, not a partial part. We're in the days of abundance. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. Come on, church. Amen. We're not just looking for a little bit. We're looking for more and for more. God wants to give good things to you. The strain of fatherhood of a parent to your children comes from God. God loves his children. He tells them he loves them because he's a true father. A true father will tell them that he loves his kids. He expresses that love. It comes from a well of love. They can never run out. Amen. Even you with lost children, you feel that same way about your kids. You don't want to see them perish. And God was not willing that any should perish, but all would have eternal life. Amen. God wants his people delivered. He wants you to enjoy all his blessings. Amen. Oh my, he spoke about a fruit tree. A church should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The rivers of living water. Amen, not just stuck out in some dry place, but rooted in an unlimited supply. And when the, when the summer comes and his leaf does not wither, 
When drought comes, his leaf does not wither. When there's tough times, his leaf does not wither. He bringeth forth fruit in its season. Why? He's got an unlimited supply. Amen. Oh my, this is, this is the word of God. And what do you do? You just drink and you push out. And you drink and you push out. But you gotta push, you gotta drink more than your allotted portion. People just take a sip and do their little religion and that's all they care about. But you gotta drink more than your allotted portion. You can believe it. Believe it or not, I'm trying to quit, but you know, here's the thing. I've got an unlimited supply. Hallelujah. I got got tapped into all that keeps pushing out. Amen. Get planted in the good soil of God's word and then tap into the, the spirit of God and just push out. Amen. The sun shines and you push out toward the light. Amen, and you push out leaves, and you push out blossoms, and you push out fruit. You reach to the heavens. The heavens is is unlimited for you. Are you with me? Amen, but you've got to come and drink. What good is an unlimited supply if you're not drinking? You gotta drink. You gotta drink more than your portion. You see, the devil don't care how much you come as long as you don't drink. You let some kind of critical spirit, but you don't stop you. A critical evil spirit, music's too loud. I don't like their song selection, preacher's too long. Not enough entertainment in here. Well, he didn't tell enough jokes to keep my attention. Wednesday night and that, you know, and then that long service on Sunday, that's a bit too much. And first thing you know, you're critical and you got stickers coming out of you. Because you've been in a desert place. But yeah, that ain't where you belong. The children don't belong in a desert place. They belong by rivers of living waters. Where there's unlimited resource. And you have to drink more than your, than your than just enough to sustain you. Amen. Even in church, you got to get where you don't fill up quickly. Amen, that you got a big capacity for the word of God. One sign that you're not adopted is that you got come with a little jug and it gets filled up real quick. Amen, well let me tell you, it's gotta be like David, my cup runneth over. Amen, I get filled with my cup. Amen, and it's getting down in my saucer. And it's overflowing from my saucer. And it's enough honey. Amen, that the little bears can come along and those that's needy, come on. Everybody around you can see you've been in the presence of God. Hallelujah, not a sermonette by a preacherette that just makes Christianettes. There's too many little fish. They're not rainbow trouts. Some of you know where I'm at. The third pull vision told Brother Branham he could catch that, that trout but there was others that were just for the entertainment. And when he went into the next pool, it scattered him. I don't want to be scattered. I want to be pulled into his presence. Amen, everything's in us right now. We are now trapped into it. I'm bringing this down to a close. Now, let me tell you, there's enough pressure in this flow that it says if all the waters of the world were stacked upon a four-foot pipe 
and the pressure of that trying to get out. And that's the way the pressure of God is. Trying to find just a crevice it can push through. Looking for somebody that'll yield herself and just let it push through. Amen, because if he can get just a little stream, <laughs> that stream will grow into a bigger one and then it'll go into a bigger one. And first thing you know, there'll be a huge flow of the divine love of God and a rapture will take place. That's where we're at, friends. We're in the age of a rapture. It's adoption age where we're here in the manifestations of the sons of God. We're, we're not something different, but we are him. Amen. So, but I can't overcome. Oh, yes, you can. Because greater is he that is in you. More is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Now, God wants to do more than even you drinking milk. He wants to get you to meet. Those that are mature and of strong and are strong age, full age, that they, they, the meat belongeth to them. So we're here in the day and the hour where we're in the moment where the untapped resources of God's blessings are with us and we can have every promise of God. Now I'm telling you, church, we have just started. We have just begun to tap in. We are just barely scraping the surface. I have prophesied from this pulpit many times. But there's more and greater prophecies coming forth. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. I have prophesied. I have prophesied and prodigals have returned. I have prophesied when Miriam was dancing that cancer was dead. I have prophesied standing in a hospital room and in a, in a waiting room there and saying, she'll be in the, in the ICU room tonight. She'll be in a regular room tomorrow night and the next night she'll be in her own bed. Do you know what a miracle that was? That was a huge miracle. Amen. What was it? It was prophecy. It was the words being spoke by inspiration. I've been, I have stood by the side of a man who is brain dead. Is somebody with me? Amen. That I drove hours, 17, 18 hours to get to his side and walk in there and there and there and come in there and I say, I have not come to anoint you for death. I have come to anoint you for life. Hallelujah. And I saw a man that was brain dead rise up to preach again. And I want to say, he's still the same God this morning. Amen. He'll raise him up again and again and again. You understand where we're standing. We're in a moment, we're in a moment of time. A man, what a little young teenage girl could drive down the stake, make a claim for her brother. And before the service was over, the Holy Spirit wakened her wayward brother, Justin. 
and got him out of bed and he drove to church in his pajamas, staggered in the door, came to the Lord. That's been six years ago and he's still serving the Lord. Let me just tell you, some people want to criticize and say this is just emotion and say that's all it is. Well, I'll tell you, it lasts. When I tapped into it, it's last. I've been preaching now 52 years and it still hadn't dimmed down. I hadn't got weaker, I've got stronger. I'm not less of a Christian, I'm more of a Christian. Amen. Here this man came staggering down an altar one day. His life has never changed. Are you with me? He's never went back. I can go over this congregation and I can say about you and you and you and you and you and you and you. you. It's more than emotion. It's a life. It's the power of God and the salvation. Hallelujah. A God that can take a jailbird like George Winters and make a child of God out of him. Put him as a deacon in the church. Send him forth in his name. I'm talking about it last. It's not some, there's not some flash in the pan. It's something that lasts. We got too many witnesses. You said, well, this one tried and he quit and this one. Well, some didn't go far enough. But I've seen some, even in our youth camp, they didn't go far enough. Can I preach just a minute? Can I just tell you just a moment? I saw a couple of boys that come to our camp, three of them actually, McGarry boys. Every one of them wayward, backs, not backslidden, they never slid anywhere. They never went forward. They were a rebellious young man. Didn't want to be at camp. Gave their mother a hard time on the way. Man, you know, it was a torture to bring them. And it was a torture when we got them. They aggravated everybody and everything and broke every kind of rule and to the point that I had to take one of those young men, two of those young men and send them off the campground with their mother. It's a shame I'd have to do that. But I did. But they don't hate me today, they love me for it. Davy Jr., here the one brought a worldly girlfriend with her, with her, and they're doped to camp and things that was wrong and running out in the woods and doing things and we're chasing them and all kinds of things in rebellious ways and take them, send them off to campground and said, okay, you can come to church but you can't, you can't stay on the grounds. And Davy Jr. comes through the prayer line. Now, his hard heart had been cracked and opened a little because he realized the shame that he'd brought his mother and his daddy and all this, and he was ashamed of himself, and he got just a little bit tender. And at the end, he began to hope that he could get right with God. And he comes through the prayer line. And there in the prayer line, God delivers him. Amen. And, and then, you know, it was infectious. It was infectious in here. A few months later, his brother Aaron 
because of his witness and his testimony and his change, he comes to the Lord. And Dave McGarry calls me up, Brother David. He calls me up and said, Brother Tim, I want you to come and I want you to preach for me. Well, I'd never preach for him. But I want you to preach for me. I said, Brother David, I, you know, I, I don't know that you need me. He said, yes, I do. My boys love you. <laughs> and they want you to come preach. And I believe you can be a blessing to them. And I go to his home and Karen and I stay in his home. There Davey is with spoken word books in his backpack sharing the message at school. And he's so sweet and so tender and so in love with Jesus that I sit there and I weep as I watch and I see for myself the transforming power of one minute in God's presence. And it was more than emotion. It was life changing. Amen. And he had found an unlimited supply. Amen. And it infected his brother. And the next thing you know, you know, Aaron is sitting there too. And Aaron's sharing with me his love for the Lord and what God's done for him. And I'm sitting there. I am just overwhelmed. Amen. At the grace upon grace. Listen, I know grace. I've experienced grace. And I've seen grace in action. And I know what grace will do. It can take the vilest sinner and make them clean. It can wash them whiter than the snow. It can reach out to your lost loved ones. Even as rebellious and and evil as they are and turn their lives around. That's grace. That's the grace that comes with the capstone. Are you with me, church? And there, there I preached to them that weekend. I rejoiced in what God was done. But there was Matthew still out there shoplifting, still out there doing stupid things and partying and whatever, and smoking his pot and doing his thing. There was Matthew still out there. But you see, God didn't give up on him. Goodness and mercy was on his trail. Do you realize when you release good and mercy, goodness and mercy, it gets on the trail of your loved ones? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Somebody with me? And it began to there get on Matthew's trail and there he got in trouble with the law and different things that was going on in his life. And his life was a mess. And there in, a, in his room on his knees, he surrenders to God. And he walks down the stairs. And as he goes down the stairs, the devil says to him, but I still got you. I still have you. You see, you got that television in your room your parents let you have to keep you at home. And I still got you. And it put such a rage in Matthew. He screamed out. Screamed out. I hate you. I hate you. And he grabbed him a pair of, of, of cutters. 
boat cutters, big long, about four foot long, three, four foot long. And he goes there with them, tearing up the stairs, and his mother's in panic. You'd have thought his brothers had aggravated him, and he was going to hit him with, a, with boat cutters. And he runs through his room, and he beats that television to smithereens. And there's no going back. Now he preaches the gospel. Now he's blessed us in this church. Amen. Why? We have unlimited mercy. We have unlimited grace. And there's unlimited power. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. It's your time. It's your time to confess your promise. It's your time to parade around the building and rejoice. It's your time to pray, to claim power over the enemy. It's your time to speak the word for your loved one. It's your time. It's not too far. It's not too hard. It's not too big. It's not impossible. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. You hear the Lord speaking through his handmaid right there. We are more than able. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer. You're not just an overcomer. You're more. You're more. He's more. It's inexhaustible. The supply is unlimited. He's redeemed my life. He's healed my body. He can make the glory come upon you again. The devil may have given you the church alopecia and took away your glory. But Mariah Pruitt in her testimony shows us, amen, that if if we'll take the right attitude toward a divine promise, I can, I will, I do believe. I can, I will, I do believe. And we will press for our promise. You can have it this morning. Take your claim. I don't care if it's a baby with a broken arm and it be healed in the presence of God. Amen. Just one moment. Just one moment. Maybe you can be like Karen Emmons. When I asked her when she was under surgery, going under surgery for cancer. And she, I said, what do you want me to do to this devil? And she responded, cut his head off. They did the surgery and there was no cancer. That's the truth. Amen. I walked out anointed just like I am this morning out of the service there, laid hands on Jerry's show. Three years he went without additional oxygen. So, well, God took them to a greater healing. Yes, he did. But he still heals. Just before he would leave, he saw himself running, breathing. Healed. You see, it's unlimited. (laughs) 
You can't limit God. The Bible flows with tons of untapped resources. What could you say to the enemy? What was it about five years ago now? On our first October meeting, they called all the family in for Kenneth Middleton. He was dying. And all the family was in. I took the entire ministry team. I said, before we go eat, we're going to go by his room. We're going to visit him in the hospital. I preached on adopted sons and manifested sons. And we today are going to go practice it. And I went into his room. And he was laying there in a dying condition. Doctors would give him up. And I said, Kenneth, what do you want out of God? He said, well, I want to be Wednesday night in October meetings. He was there. A man the doctor had said would die left the hospital to come to the meeting. He not only went to the first meeting, he went to the second. He went to Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. And he's still moving on. Now he's done pastors three score and ten. Here in a few days, he'll be 71. Maybe God will, will, at one point, will say, okay, your journey's up on the earth. That don't mean that God didn't heal him. I've been healed many a time. Sometimes it's the same thing. Come back again. But God's always the healer. He was wounded for our transgressions. It's unlimited. It flows. I hope you got the message this morning. It's a good land. There's an abundant supply, not a little bit. It flows with milk and honey. There's enough for you. There's enough for your children. There's salvation for the lost. There's casting out devils. There's deliverance, whether it be alcohol, tobacco. I've seen it where a young man in, in our service sitting there with a cigarette habit, he was a backslider, took it up again. That's doubly hard. He took those cigarettes again. Came, to, came back to the Lord, wanted to come back to him, sitting in the service. And as I was preaching, he screamed out, I'm delivered, I'm delivered, I'm delivered. Never to smoke again. Amen. By stripes, we're delivered. You can have it this morning. It's an unlimited supply. He was wounded. For Tim Pruitt's 
transgression. Why don't you make it personal? He was bruised for my iniquity. Put your name there. for your possession. Oh, Abraham's son. Oh, Abraham's 
Come on, offspring of Abraham, this is your land. Hear the words of your father. Come on, hear these words. This is promise. Here is promise of love. Of love. I will make you a blessing. Count the stars if you can. You will be a great nation.
Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that promise? Bringing us back home, back to our homeland, to where we belong, in the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know what key it is, but that song, if anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. Maybe F, G, somewhere in there. Amen. Nobody knows about the love of Jesus. I do. Time about the grave. 